Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. This is your brother Hussein Kamani. If you enjoyed listening to our podcast, please donate to Qalam by visiting supportqalam.com. We love being able to share this content for free, and your donation ensures we are always able to do so. Each podcast we produce has thousands of listeners, so the opportunity for gaining immense reward by supporting our efforts is endless. You never know who will be able to benefit from your donation. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept and jazakumullahu khairan. Assalamu alaikum. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillahi wa kafa wa salamun ala ibadihi al-lazhi mustafa. Khususan ala Sayyidi Rasuli wa Khatami al-Anbiya wa ala alihi al-Azkiya wa ashabihi al-Atqiya. Amma ba'd. In today's class, we will discuss the life and story of Sayyidina Yunus alayhi salam. Sayyidina Yunus salam is a prophet of Allah who is mentioned in the Qur'an multiple times. His mention is found in exactly six chapters of the Qur'an, in six surahs. Surah Nisa, Surah An'am, Surah Yunus, Surah As-Safat, Surah Anbiya, and lastly in Surah Al-Qalam. In the first four places, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions him by name. And in the last two, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala refers to him by a title. The two titles that Yunus salam is referred to within the Qur'an, one being the Noon, and the other being Sahib al-Hut, وَلَا تَكُنْ كَصَاحِبِ الْحُوتِ They both have a similar meaning, and we'll discuss that shortly. His name is Yunus bin Matta. Yunus bin Matta. We know this from the hadith of the Prophet wasallam because in one narration, the Prophet wasallam said that none of you should say that I am superior to Yunus bin Matta. This statement was said in response to a companion who had a, had a trading with a Jewish person and they got into some sort of a discussion. The Jewish man said something to the nature of Yunus, that Musa salam, our prophet, was the greatest prophet. The Sahabi got very angry and he whacked him on the head and he said to him, how dare you say Musa salam, was the greatest prophet while Muhammad salam, is still alive and he's in our city. The Jewish man became angry. He went to the Prophet wasallam. This is Hadith of Bukhari, by the way. The Jewish man came to the Prophet wasallam and complained, O Messenger of Allah, there's no safety for people like us in your city. The Prophet said, what happened? He said, well, this man hit me on the face. He slapped me hard because I said Musa salam was the greatest. And then he put your name into the mix. The Prophet called that companion. And then he told this companion that on the day of judgment, when mankind will be resurrected from their grave, I will, you will see Musa salam already standing at the throne of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, mentioning a virtue of Sayyidina Musa salam. And then closing off that narration, the Prophet ﷺ said, And one of you should not say that I am better than Yunus bin Matta. Now the reason behind the Prophet ﷺ saying this regarding Yunus ﷺ is because we will learn in today's class, Yunus ﷺ did something which brought on to him an accounting from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala held him accountable for something he did in the dunya. 
Now someone can say the Prophet ﷺ never went through a situation like that, therefore he is better than Yunus ﷺ. And the Prophet ﷺ didn't like this attitude that people compare com- prophets with one another at the cost of one, prof- one prophet being shown as less than the other. So in Islam, there's nothing wrong with tafdil. For someone to say that the Prophet Muhammad ﷺ is the greatest of all prophets, there is nothing wrong with that. It's factual, it's true. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Quran says, Tilka Rusulu ala ba'd, that those prophets we have given some rank over others. The problem isn't in saying that one prophet has a rank above the others. The prophet the problem is when you try to say the prophet was greater, and at the cost of saying his greatness, you put someone else down. So in the Arabic language we say, there is nothing wrong with tafdil, but we have a problem with tanqis. When you put a prophet down, you try to make a prophet look bad. That, oh, this prophet did this bad, that prophet did that bad. This is something we should be careful of. Now the Prophet ﷺ told us that his name was Yunus bin Matta. He was from the prophets of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He was a messenger. In Surah Safat, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَإِنَّ يُونُسَ لَمِنَ الْمُرْسَلِينَ وَإِنَّ يُونُسَ لَمِنَ الْمُرْسَلِينَ That Yunus alayhi salam was from the um, was from the messengers. He was sent to a region in Iraq, very close to Mosul, a place called Nainwa. Nainwa, Iraq, very close to Mosul, a place called Nainwa. The people there had previously been involved with idol worshiping. Yunus salam came to them, and he invited them towards worshiping one Allah. He invited them to abandon their kufr, their shirk. But you know when someone is really uh, entrenched in something, when someone is truly committed to something, no matter how much they know what they're doing is wrong, they just have a hard time breaking away from it. Someone who has a food addiction, a person that has a gaming addiction, someone has a shopping addiction, you know, Addictions come in many forms. Once you're really into something, you could know intellectually that what I'm doing is wrong. If you're even, you know, minimally self-critical, you'll be able to point out what's right and what's wrong. But in order to overcome a vice, you need courage. You have to be willing to stand up to yourself. And this is where most people fail, unfortunately. Yunus salam invited his people. Now in Surah Safat, verse number 139 onwards, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions the story of Yunus salam after mentioning the story of multiple prophets. Regarding this, Imam Fakhruddin al-Razi rahmatullahi alayhi says, اعلم ان هذا هو القصة السادسة وهو آخر القصص المذكورة في هذه السورة. That when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is mentioning the story of Sayyidina Yunus salam in Surah Safat, he writes that this is the sixth story mentioned in the surah. And it is the last story mentioned in the surah. وَإِنَّمَا صَارَتْ هَذِهِ الْقِصَّةُ خَاتِمَةً لِلْقِصَصِ لِأَجْلِ لِأَنَّهُ لَمَّا لَمْ يَصْبِرْ عَلَىٰ أَذَا قَوْمِهِ وَأَبَقَ إِلَىٰ الْفُلْكِ وَكَعَ فِي تِلْكَ الشَّدَائِرِ فَيَصِيرُ هَذَا سَبَبًا لِتَسَبُّرِ النَّبِي صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَمْ عَلَىٰ أَذَا قَوْمِهِ that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through this surah Safat is presenting different stories to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa to motivate him to do what's right, to give him guidance, to create vision for the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions the story of Yunus alayhi salam at the end of the surah, 
uh, after mentioning all the other prophets, to remind the Prophet ﷺ to be patient with his people. Never give up on your people. Because Yunus ﷺ gave up too quickly. And as a result of that, um, he was held accountable by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as we will discuss. Similarly, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Qalam reminds the Prophet ﷺ of the moral behind Yunus ﷺ's story. Resilience. You don't give up. You keep going. Don't be quick to judge people. Don't give up on people until Allah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has told you it's time to move on. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah uh, Al-Qalam, verse number 48, And be patient with the command of your Lord, and do not be hasty, and do not be like like the man, like the one of the fish, referring to Sayyidina Yunus alayhi salam. What was the backdrop to the revelation of this verse of Surah Qalam? where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling the Prophet to be patient and not be like Yunus alayhi salam. Some narrations tell us that, يُرْوَى أَنَّهَا نَزَلَتْ بِعُحْدٍ حِينَ حَلَّ بِرَسُولِ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَمْ مَا حَلَّ فَأَرَادَ أَنْ يَدْعُوا عَلَى الَّذِينَ إِنْ هَزَمُ Some scholars say this verse of Surah Qalam is telling the Prophet sallallahu to be patient at a time when the Muslims just suffered a great blow in the battle of Uhud. And the Prophet ﷺ was inclined to make dua against those that defeated the Muslims, that brought this big loss to the Muslims. And at this time, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling the Prophet, don't make that dua. Be patient. Stick with your people. Some scholars they say, Waqila, Hina Arada an Yadru ala faqif. Some scholars they say that this was a verse revealed to the Prophet ﷺ and he made intention to do dua against the people of Thaqif, and the people of Thaqif were the people of Ta'if. And we are all fully aware of what happened in Ta'if. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is reminding the Prophet sallallahu don't be hasty and quick on making dua against people for their destruction. Rather be patient. You continue to do the good work that you're doing. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, إِذْ أَبَقَ إِلَى الْفُلْكِ الْمَشْحُونِ In Surah Yunus. إِذْ أَبَقَ When he ran away. أَبَقَ is to run away. إِلَى الْفُلْكِ To the ship. Al-Mash'oon. Al-Mash'oon refers to a ship that is full. وَالسَّفِينَةُ إِذَا كَانَ فِيهَا الْحِمْلُ الْكَثِيرُ وَالنَّاسُ يُقَالُ إِنَّهَا مَشْحُونَ That when there is a ship that is full of people and it has luggage and load in there, when it's a heavy cargo ship, you refer to it as Mash'oon when it's full. When the ship is full, you say, Al-Fulk Al-Mash'oon. إِذْ أَبَقَ إِلَى الْفُلْكِ الْمَشْحُونَ He went to a ship that was full of passengers and was full of luggage. Now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when talking about Yunus alayhi salam leaving his people, he says, This is in Surah Anbiya verse number 87. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes mention of Yunus alayhi salam. The is for sahib, the possessor of. The in the Arabic language means what? Dhumal, Dhamal, someone that possesses wealth. The mal, someone who possesses wealth. It comes in all three forms, dhu, tha, and vi. The possessor of. Dhu ilm. Okay. Anun means a big fish, like a whale. So, wadhanun, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is reminding us of the one who was swallowed by the big fish, the whale. Now, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that when Yunus alayhi salam left his people, he was in a state of rage. وَذَنُّونِ إِذْ ذَهَبَ مُغَاذِبًا 
Yunus السلام, when he left his people, he was in a state of anger. He was in a state of rage. Some scholars have chosen to say that his anger was at Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is an opinion that some people have taken. While the majority of the Mufassirun have said that, why would Yunus السلام, be angry at Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? He was a Nabi. This is the responsibility of a Nabi. The most logical understanding of this ghadab was that it was on his people because of their denial and rejection of his message, which is very logical and very simple. But so I just wanted to put that on the table that there are multiple interpretations on what the object of this anger was. Who was Yunus السلام, angry at? Majority of the Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah are of the position that Yunus السلام's anger was directed towards who? The people, the people that he was dealing with. And when he left the people in rage, he felt, he thought, he perceived, this is a very interesting statement. Because if you translate the statement, literally, as some have translated it as, we did not have ability. Qudra is ability. The power of to do something. You know, you call that qudra. So, if Yunus salam, if we translate this verb as ability, the translation would be, Yunus salam thought that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not have ability over him. Now that's very clear, this is a kufri statement. This is shirk, I'm not shirk, this is kufr. This is because you're denying the ability of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It takes a person out of the folds of Islam. And how can someone like Sayyidina Yunus salam, um, think like this? There was a great Sahabi by the name of Muawiyah He read this verse and after reading this verse he was very puzzled. He couldn't understand it. He met Abdullah ibn Abbas and said to him, Oh Abdullah, I jumped into the Qur'an, I dived into the Qur'an and I came to this verse and I can't find an understanding to it because if I read this verse as Qudra, then it tells me that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is incapable and that's kufr. How could Yunus alayhi salam think this? And he said to Abdullah ibn Abbas who was much younger than Muawiyah but he was intelligent. In particular when it came to the science of tafsir, the commentary of the Qur'an. So he said to Ibn Abbas open this verse for me, explain this verse to me. يَظُنُّ نَبِيُّ أَلَّنْ يَقْدِرَ اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ فَقَالَ إِبْنُ عَبَّاسِ هَذَا مِنَ الْقَدْرِ لَا مِنَ الْقُدْرِ So Ibn Abbas said to Muawiyah You've misunderstood the root of this word. أَلَّنْ نَقْدِرَ عَلَيْهِ does not mean قُدْرَ um, which means the ability. Rather it comes from the Arabic word قَدْر What's the Arabic word here? With a sukoon on the dal. قَدْر قَدْر What قَدْر means is to restrict something. What does the word qadr mean? To restrict something. For example, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala um, says in the Quran, Allahu yabsutu rizqa liman yasha'u wa yaqdir. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala expands sustenance on who He wishes and He restricts. Similarly, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah At-Talaq, وَمَنْ قُدِرَ عَلَيْهِ رِزْقُهُ فَلْيُنْفِقْ مِمَّا آتَاهُ اللَّهُ and whoever finds his sustenance to be restricted, he doesn't have a lot of wealth. Someone's in college, they're studying, they don't have a lot of wealth. Whatever little you have, فَلْيُنْفِقْ مِمَّا Allah, Then you use that money 
to spend. So qudira here, the word qadr is in the meaning of restricting. Now Yunus alayhi salam, um, he leaves his people. Now there's a question. Why did Yunus alayhi salam leave his people? What's the story here? What actually happened? I'm going to mention one thing and we'll come back and discuss this point in a little bit more detail, but I just want to drop it in right now. Yunus alayhi salam, as we will learn in the story, was later on swallowed by this massive fish. And in the belly of this, this, um, this creature, Yunus alayhi salam made a dua, and in that dua he said, Inni kuntu That I wronged myself. I am from those that have done wrong. This is his statement. And the question comes right here, what was this vulm of Yunus alayhi salam? What did he do that was so wrong because of which Allah held him accountable in this fashion and Yunus alayhi salam acknowledged his action as a form of vulm? What did he do that was wrong? So there are two opinions on this issue. What did Yunus alayhi salam do wrong? The first opinion of some of the mufassirun, and this is attributed to Abdullah ibn Abbas is that Yunus salam lived in the Roman kingdom. There was a king who appointed him to fulfill a duty. He refused to do it. He became very angry. He left the people. He was then swallowed by the fish. He was spat out. He then went to the people of Nanwa and remained there as a prophet. Do you guys understand that? So him leaving his people, according to this first position that's attributed to Ibn Abbas was not because his people didn't believe, rather it was due to a conflict that he had with a king. Do you guys understand that? Because, you know, in, in, in one of the verses of the Qur'an, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, when these fish spat him out, فَأَرْسَلْنَاهُ إِلَىٰ مِئَةِ أَلْفٍ أَوْ يَزِيدُونَ so we sent him to a people who were a hundred thousand, ila mi'ati alf. How many were there? A hundred thousand or more. So therefore they deduced that Yunus salam was not fulfilling his duty as a Nabi at that point. Rather he had a conflict with a king. And the reason why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala punished him was because of his lack of obedience to that king. And you know, Yunus salam supposedly in this statement, he said to the king, According to this opinion, he said to the king that there are four other prophets in the city. There were five prophets in that region. He said there are four other prophets in this region. Give one of them the responsibility to go back and claim those captives that were caught in the particular war. Why are you sending me? This is the, uh, the, 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 the context to uh, why Yunus salam was swallowed because he did not stand up and take the responsibility that was given to him by the higher authority. And therefore he was swallowed. He then repented to Allah. He was spat out to the ground. Yunus salam then recovered from the health that he was in, came to the people, and these people accepted Islam. And they were a large group of people. This is one position. Okay. The second position, the second group of scholars, they say, no, what actually happened was Yunus salam was giving da'wah to a group of people. By the way, according to that position, uh, that anger and rage Yunus salam was experiencing, who was it towards? The king. That anger and rage is towards the king. Now according to the second position, Yunus salam was already with the people of Ninwa. This is the common position. The more mashur position. He was already with the people of Ninwa. 
and he was already inviting them towards Islam, these people rejected his calling. Yunus salam continued and continued and continued. When he saw there was no hope left for these people, he told them the punishment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would come. And he left them. Now, one thing I want to make very clear, Yunus salam leaving his people was not because he was fed up or tired. Yunus salam leaving his people was because he desired to give da'wah to people who would accept his message. You guys understand? He wasn't stepping away from da'wah, he was trying to go towards new da'wah. Like the Prophet ﷺ went to Ta'if. Like the Prophet ﷺ went to um, Medina Munawwara. So these are, this, these are examples like this. Yunus salam, after he left his people, the people, they saw some clouds coming in their direction. And these clouds were rumbling. And they noticed that this may be a punishment. These people didn't live too far from the people of Lut And they knew in the past that Lut people were punished as well because they didn't take heed. So these people, they were intelligent and smart. They gathered everyone together in an open land and they collectively made dua to Allah, asking Allah for forgiveness. They made dua to Allah, they made dua to Allah, they made dua to Allah, until Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accepted their dua, the punishment went away, these people became a really good community. They became pious and righteous people. And this is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, in Surah Yunus, فَلَوْلَا كَانَتْ قَرْيَةٌ آمَنَتْ فَنَفَعَهَا إِيمَانُهَا إِلَّا قَوْمَ Yunus. That there was not a people who benefited from their faith like the whole na- gen- nation of Yunus salam. Because in previous na- nations, and previous generations, a group of people always didn't accept the Prophet's message. Either they outright rejected it or they, they became hypocrites. Yunus salam was the one Prophet whose entire community consisted of sincere believers. After that moment, all of them were sincere believers. Otherwise, every other Prophet that came a large group of people rejected. Some people rejected. Some people claimed to accept, but they were hypocrites in heart. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blessed Yunus salam with a nation that everyone accepted Islam and every one of them had become sincere believers. Yunus salam, he left his people. On this side, they became believers. Yunus salam, he went on. He came to um, some sort of a port he saw a ship that was boarding, he got on the ship. They were riding on the ship, the ship was a heavy ship as the Qur'an tells us. It was a ship that was full, a heavy ship. He got on, he boarded, they started their journey, and the waves picked up. The ship began to rock. These people, they were sure that death would come to them. So they began to lower and minimize the weight of the ship. They started taking luggage and throwing it out. The ship began to continue to rock. They then realized that it was time for them to throw some people off the boat too. Lighten the, sh- the, the, the load as much as they could. They took the names of the people that were on the boat, they put them inside Fasahama. They put their names inside a, some sort of a container and they drew lots. Sahama means to draw lots. فَكَانَ مِنَ الْمُدْحَذِينَ When they pulled the names out, the one whose name who always showed up and seemed to be the one that was losing out in, in, this, in this lot scenario, was Yunus Yunus name came out, they looked at it, 
they looked at this man and they said, oh, we can't throw this one over. If anything, Allah is going to save us because of him. He has a sajda mark on his forehead. This guy looks like a pious guy. Let's throw one of the other crooks out. They put the name back inside. They pulled another name out. Guess whose name came out? Mulvi Sahib. Yunus Salam's name came out. They ran it a second time. Whose name comes out again? Yunus Salam's name came out. That's when Yunus Salam he realized that this storm was because of him. And at that point, he realized what he did. That he left too early. He left without the, punishment, without the permission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that zulm that he will later on make tawbah for, was not that Yunus salam killed someone, or he pushed someone, or he hurt someone. Zulm in Arabi means, wada or shay' fi ghayri muhallihi. To place something in, an, in, in its wrong place. And Yunus salam was in the wrong place. He shouldn't have been there. He shouldn't have been on that ship. He should be with his people. He should have remained with his people until Allah told him. It's possible that it was almost time for him to leave because the people of Yunus salam saw the clouds coming in their direction that supposedly were, looked like they were carrying a punishment. But he left before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala explicitly gave him that punishment. Yunus salam jumped, he dived into the ocean. When he jumped into the water, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commanded a fish, a massive fish, to come and swallow him. In some riwayat, it says that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commanded the فَلْتَقَمَهُ hut. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commanded the fish to swallow him, but made it very clear that you will not chew on him or digest him. You will just keep him in you. As if the hut was a prison for him. It was a place where he was, the fish was, this whale was a capsule for him. He would not die there, neither would this, this whale consume him. <clears throat> لَمَّا أَرَادَ اللَّهُ حَبْسَ يُونُسَ عَلَيْهِ السَّلَامُ أَوْحَى إِلَى الْحُوتِ أَنْ خُذْهُ وَلَا تَخْدِشْ لَهُ لَحْمًا وَلَا تَكْسِرْ لَهُ عَظْمًا That you will not consume his, his flesh and neither will you break his, uh, his meat. This narration is by Abdullah bin Rafi' the servant of Umm Salman radiallahu anha. Yunus alayhi salam enters into this uh, fish if you put yourself there for a moment, you must be so puzzled. What's going on now? What am I doing here? Why am I still living? How am I still alive? You can imagine the inside of a fish must be very acidic as well. You know, this is where they digest their food. And this fish now, this whale takes Yunus salam lower and lower. And Yunus salam must feel that he's going into a darker place. Maybe it's getting darker as he's going under. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Qur'an, فَنَادَى فِي الظُّلُمَاتِ That Yunus alayhi salam made dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the darkness. It got very dark. It got darker and darker. And as you know, when you go deep to the bottom of the ocean, there's no light there. And Yunus alayhi salam is in this dark place. And he makes dua to Allah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't say, فِي ظُلْمَةٍ He says, فِي الظُّلُمَاتِ Or فِي الظُّلْمَةِ Not singular. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brings this in the plural form. Why is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saying vulumat? Why is he saying that Yunus salam called out to Allah in darknesses, in, in where the darkness was so much? So there are two explanations. Sahibu Kashaf says, Fidhulumati ayfi shadida. That when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that it was many vulumat in plural, what this actually means is intense darkness. Do you guys understand? It wasn't that there were multiple forms of darkness, rather it was 
very dark, and that is being uh, described by using the plural. While other scholars, they say that, um, no, it was multiple types of darkness. If it's multiple types of darkness, then what is it? They say, كَانَ النِّدَاءَ فِي الْلَيْلِ That it was at night time. Then there was a darkness of the whale, and then there was a darkness of the ocean. So Yunus salam was an, you know, a multi-layered darkness. It was, he called out to Allah when it was pitch dark outside, and it was pitch dark inside. And the, he was at the bottom of the ocean, so even there it was pitch dark. It was absolutely dark. Yunus salam then called out to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Some narrations tell us that when Yunus salam called out to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he actually made this dua because when the fish, when, when this whale went very deep and very low, Yunus salam at that moment, he began to hear some noise outside, coming from outside the fish. He asked, saying, Ya Allah, what's this noise? And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala informed Yunus salam that this is the tasbih of the fish and the stones. Because the whale was now sitting at the bottom. And Yunus salam with his ear against the whale could hear the stones at the bottom of the ocean making tasbih. And at that point, Yunus salam took his cue. He understood that Allah was telling them to do tasbih, so he starts doing what he's supposed to do. He started doing tasbih as well. Another reflection for Yunus salam was, he realized, he realized that the Allah that can hear these fish and these stones in such darkness, in such a dark place, can also hear me too. And he took courage. And he called out to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I want you to reflect over Yunus salam's story and this moment in his life where he's lying. This moment, this moment itself. I want you to kind of capture this moment in your mind and hit pause and screenshot it. Yunus salam is in the stomach of this whale at the bottom of the ocean, complete darkness, really sad, knowing that he messed up, he did something he shouldn't have done, that almost put everyone else's life at risk, and he's at the bottom without any idea what to even do. What do I do at this point? I want you to capture that moment and ask yourself, how often do we find ourselves in such a situation? Where we feel like, oh my God, I've really botched up in life. You're in a very dark place. Your heart feels very isolated. It feels very lonely. You can't communicate with anyone. In your heart, you know that you violated the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You were too quick in making your decision. There was a person I met this week. He called for a question. They invited some friends over. Uh, after the friends left, the wife made it very clear that she would clean the house the friends insisted on cleaning the house. They cleaned the house, they left. The husband and wife got into an argument over this. She said, why did you make your friends clean the house? He said, they wanted to clean the house. They went back and forward. And then before you knew it, the guy gave his wife divorce. And he calls me and says, uh, Sheikh, I promise I was just joking. I didn't mean it. We were just laughing when we were having this discussion. It wasn't really even a serious thing. And I said to her, hey man, you know, if you continue, if you pick up anything and you don't let us clean up, you're divorced. And she's like, okay, whatever. And she started cleaning up. And he's like, is the divorce done? 
And I said to him, yes, the divorce is done. In Islam, you don't take divorce as a joke. You need to do ruju'ah. You need to uh, bring her back into your marriage and slap yourself on the head ten times for being an idiot. That you're going to go around giving people divorce over silly stuff like this. Sometimes you just haste and you're quick. You're in a discussion with your father and you speak too soon, too loud, too quick. Sometimes you're too quick. You, if you ever find yourself in a place like that, just think of where Yunus alayhi salam must have been. And what Yunus alayhi salam did. Yunus alayhi salam didn't just let that pain of loneliness consume him. Sometimes you can be surrounded by people but be very lonely. Because you're not sure who to share your pain with. Who to tell what you're going through. But when you feel that lonely, just remember that even the stones at the bottom of the ocean, as lonely as they may seem, but they are in the presence of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so can you. Yunus alayhi salam took the cue and in the state of weakness, wahua mulin, as we'll learn later on, he became very sick in, this, in the stomach of this fish. Maybe the acidity, maybe I don't know what was inside it, consumed his hair on his body and made him very sick. They say that his skin began to peel off and it began to burn off. And Yunus alayhi is lying there in bodily pain and also in spiritual pain. And at that moment, Yunus alayhi in this ultimate state of darkness, manada fi he says, La ilaha illa anta subhanak inni kuntum min These are the words that he utters, La ilaha illa anta. He establishes his tawheed. There is no God but you. Ya Allah, there is no running from you but to you. Ya Allah, you are my Lord. That doesn't change. Whatever I'm going through doesn't change that relationship of ours.